everyone. Welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Hemel Javeri, writer and editor at For the Win, along with Stephen Ruiz, our head NFL writer and video producer, Evan Thorpe. We're back! Last week, Stephen wasn't with us, and we had the lovely Michelle Martinelli, but Stephen's, <laughs> Stephen's here again. I can't believe Evan booed Michelle. Wow. Stop lying, bro. Stop lying. Stop lying. <laughs> All right, what are we talking about this week? We got beef of the week, uh, Kevin Durant and Chris Broussard. Yeah, internet thugs. <laughs> internet there's a, there's thugs. a tornado a tornado outside. Apparently. True, true. We are we're based out of Washington D.C. and we have tornado warnings. Like, so maybe this podcast will get a little will get cut short a tiny bit to, if we have to take cover or take shelter. Um, or oh, like in an hour long podcast, <laughs> right? We should just hunker down here in place. So. I disagree. I'm at this point. I'm just like, just take me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great day four back from vacation. That's my mood. <laughs> so we are, we're going to talk about that. We also I want to bring this up later in the podcast in our not sports, but whatever segment is this fun little clip from Gabrielle Union talking about Dwayne Wade and his post-retirement life. And she kind of gets into how he doesn't know how much milk costs. Uh, Hit me up with beef of the week, please. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Evan Thorpe reporting live for the For the Win podcast, and I'm here to give you the beef of the week. Golden State Warriors, small forward, all around best player in the NBA, Kevin Durant. Okay, so basically, Chris Broussard had came out on Undisputed and was talking about KD, and the clip was tweeted out by the Undisputed Twitter account, and Kevin Durant tweeted, retweeted it and said, Cap, 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 you don't have my number, man. And so this went... What was the clip about? I uh, was talking about how he had him and KD have like a love-hate relationship and that like people aren't just making stuff up about his free agency, and it was like... He basically was like, yeah, I know Katie. Like, I've talked privately with him. I've texted him. And then Katie was like, bro, you don't even have my number. Right. And so Chris Broussard was like, bro, it's not just that I don't have your number. DMs are like text nowadays, bro. So I have had conversations with you. It might not be text message, <laughs> but it's still messaging. And Katie was just like, bro, you don't have my number. Like, stop. And he was – he made this weird, like – Russell Wilson video I felt like in his car and was like I got 60 messages that's between IG and Twitter that you initiate and I can put them out there but I love you and respect you but it's like yeah, I was gonna ask who's the lame the who's, lamest one in this right who, there's no winners in this beef it's right. both it's just who loses less yeah nobody comes out looking good here because if you're at KD's level you don't need to engage with this right you don't need to engage with this and on the flip side of it if you're Chris Broussard there's no way this makes you look good you look you look weird and needy you look like a fan basically so like it all started so it all started because he was talking about Basically, Katie and the Warriors winning without him. Right. And basically, oh, he said, I'm sorry, he said that basically this would make his two rings irrelevant if the Warriors win. But it's like, why is people? Why are people constantly just attacking Katie when he's not playing? Everybody want to make the narrative like, oh, look how good the Warriors are without him. Oh, it must suck to be Katie right now. I'm, I'm pretty sure Katie doesn't. He probably does he care. He does a care. Bit, but <laughs> I don't think it's that big of a deal because they already had the best team. They yeah. needed him for LeBron. LeBron James is not in the playoffs, so he couldn't really just 
coast for the rest of the season. Let me defend the media. Go ahead. <laughs> the our, media. Yeah, our Broussard. Katie's the one that pretend like he says in the media, oh, I don't care what you guys think. I don't care what anyone thinks. But he's the one always responding to these people. He made fake Twitter accounts so he could do it anonymously. Now he's just doing it publicly. I think he looks I think he looks like the worst person in this because why is he responding to this criticism anyway? It's from some guy on FS1. So I would say like if if Chris Broussard never responded to Kevin Durant's initial retweet, I'd be like, winner Chris. But the fact that he keeps going is like, bro, I have receipts. Well, Who cares? Well, no, here's the thing. So if you are a journalist and you say that you have a relationship with a source, your source being KD, then you your credibility is at stake. And so if KD says, actually, we have not communicated private privately, then it makes you look like a liar. So for him, it's it's kind of and he definitely should not have done it in the way that he did do it. But he wants to preserve his credibility to be like, I understand that you're publicly denying that we know each other. But here are the receipts. See, I'm the type of person. I'm like, I'm not going to even talk about the DMs. I'm going to just drop and be like, we never talked. Bam, here you go. Okay, but in a professional capacity, if somebody is saying, here is a source that I talked to, and then the source comes back and says, no, we didn't talk, your credibility is at stake. But I don't think he was saying, like, calling Katie out as a source. He was saying this was Katie's worst nightmare. And I think he was saying, like, we've had conversations in the past. Right. So he said, I have spoken to this person about this thing. So his credibility is at stake. I think he had to respond to Katie basically calling him a liar, especially with, like, the attention that got. Yeah. My problem with him was, why are you even saying, oh, yeah, we talk we talk for hours and right. stuff like that. Right, yeah, stuff so, like that. So that's my thing. Like, when he came out and said that, it's like, bro, I don't care how long you've talked to Katie, how many messages y'all got. Like, just continue to say, like, We've contacted each other. We've talked to each other before. Right. Like, I'm going to believe that. Right. He tried to make his relationship a lot closer than it might actually be. I think that's a problem with a lot of journalists where they try to, I don't know, at a certain point when they become as big as Chris Broussard now is, and you can even throw, like, Stephen A. Smith into that, they're always like, yeah, I have a relationship with this guy. Stephen A. Smith does it more than anyone. He's always name-dropping people. He used to do it with AI all the time. Right. But why are you doing that? You're supposed to be covering these people. You should take my approach and just say (laughs) terrible things about these people and get blocked on Twitter. Here's the thing, though. I think that this is a little inside baseball for the podcast, but if you are a member of the media, your job is to critically evaluate people. It is not to try to be their best friend. I mean, some people just like so sensitive. They need to have those guys who are like looked at as some of the biggest guys in the sports media world talking right. good about them. Yeah. See, they lucky I ain't up there. I'd have been like, you suck, you trash, try me. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on. Uh, let's talk about Chris Long, who is retired but is making waves. He's a dirty pothead, <laughs> and we should all shame him. He posted on Twitter that his post-retirement life these days is somebody calls him up, asks for an interview. He talks a little bit about his career. He talks a little bit about football. And then in this one particular interview, somebody brought up marijuana use while he was playing in the NFL. And he gave a very honest answer, which a lot of athletes do not do even after they do retire. And he said, yeah, I smoked pot and I know how to beat the drug test. And that has generated lots and lots of follow-up. That's terrible. You shouldn't be snitching, like, as soon as you out the league and you snitching on it. Like, he's not really snitching. It's like a, a form of dry snitching. Like, yeah, everybody does do it. Like, we know how to cheat. Now Wait, that- what is dry snitching? I've never heard that. 
like you you telling stuff, but you're not using names and stuff like. You, <laughs> Wait, Stephen's looking at me like I'm the oldest. Yeah, yeah I've heard. <laughs> I, I don't. I didn't know what the term meant. I've heard it. I yeah. just thought it was a, just snitching. So like, I think now the NFL might be a little harder with the t- like I I just don't know how he like how he beat the system. I I don't know if that'll have like a trickle down effect, but I think that it's funny that the morality police are kind of out in full force uh, about. Uh, how dare you smoke marijuana when the league is sponsored by Bud Light and alcohol kills more people than pot ever has. And even worse than that, of the players, when they're dealing with pain, they use op- opioids, which yeah. is far worse than marijuana. Which I mean, is- it's just ridiculous. What was that tweet that the guy was like, we're talking about marijuana. And he was like, is weed better than opioids? Probably. Oh, it was Danny Canal. He's a former NFL quarterback turned analyst i think he's still with espn yeah he was like when did we start acting like weed is good for you is it better for you than op- opioids <laughs> yeah. maybe or something like that no it definitely is yeah yeah it's definitely better for you it has been proven countless times to help people with suffering from symptoms of cte and man and pain management so why should we not dedicate more resources to helping figure out what works best for them versus pushing opioids on people which have have devastating consequences yeah and a lot of retired nfl players have spoken about their problems with opioids. oh can't say it opioids (laughs) i'm high right now Uh (laughs) he's not high (laughs) i'm not actually high i'm at work (laughs) yeah i mean it's this is where the league is heading. I know there's some pushback against it right now. Eventually, they're going to let players use marijuana to how deal long, with pain. How long do you think that's going to take? I'd say within the next two years. I'd, oh. I would say two years. I two think years? they probably might have it like maybe 24 hours after your game. I was thinking five years. No, I think it's going to be sooner than that. I would have said five years a couple of years ago when really the push started from one player in – I think it was Eugene Monroe, a former player with the Ravens. He really started this, you know, push to let the to let players sm- smoke or take marijuana however they w- want to. I think the and I I don't think the NBA would be the first one to do it. Mm. I just think the 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 players, what color they represent, and then if you allow that to happen, I think the NFL is the first, and I think probably like hockey might allow it and stuff like that. I mean, I'm I don't. Not the hockey guy. You know more about hockey, but those are the two sports I think will need it. I I definitely think that there has been a lot of talk within the NHL community about marijuana for pain management, but the NHL is still so very closed off when they talk about these issues. And even former players, there's only a handful of former players that come out and say, hey, this is helpful and this is good. And you don't have a lot of high-profile former players that come out. Daniel Carcillo is probably the most vocal and he you know he has talked really frankly about everything that he's kind of gone through and unfortunately they're not very other they're not a lot of other players like that out there so we need people like Chris Long to be vocal and say I did it it helped me and I think that it should be legal and I think a player like Chris Long who does like so much good yeah. outside of football helps a little I don't yeah. think it should matter but it does because there is a stigma against people that do yeah. use marijuana. Yeah, he's highly respected. And he's white. And he's and he's white. You're That's right. That's another thing. 
All right, the final thing that I want to bring up, which I think is really funny. Uh, Gabrielle Union was on some late night talk show a couple of nights ago talking about Dwayne Wade readjusting to retired life. And she told these uh, she told all these great stories about him, like not understanding, like going into a department store and being like, man, they got all these cargo shorts. And she's like, honey, you're at Old Navy. Like he's just not used to how to live like a real person. But he doesn't know how much milk costs. So my question to you is how much does a gallon of milk cost? Because I don't think I know either. All right. So wait, wait, wait. I think we should write our answers down separately. Yeah. Write your answers down separately. And I will check. Turn your screens around to make sure that you are, that I'm keeping you honest. I'm just guessing. It Wait. So T- so Stephen said two sixty six, and Evan said three twenty eight. I think you're both wrong. I think it's like four ninety five for a gallon of milk. Man, no, it's a, not. That's, that's a lie. I get a full for full from Wendy's before I'm getting some milk. What kind of milk are you getting? Yeah. I don't know. I'm asking because I never buy milk in the house, so I have no idea how much milk costs. Like I get like I get the uh, what is it the pint of almond milk and that's like three dollars but it's almond milk so you're gonna pay a little more for the good stuff but a, a gallon of milk i'm i would not pay over 350 for a gallon of milk i thought i thought a gallon of milk was 495 that's I'm wrong looking it up. it's 327 for a gallon of whole milk oh. <laughs> i was a penny off i was a penny off well, you obviously do all the grocery shopping. I cook. Chef Boyar E in the building. Ooh, that's a good yeah, nickname. That's a good nickname. I come with him. That oh, he does. He brought cornbread into the office the other day. It was very good. Crack. All right. I have exhausted everything that I think I can get out of this podcast. And we are a couple of days away from a long weekend. We're out. We're out. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great long weekend. Be safe. Don't do drugs.